The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voice. Voices of Search podcast. My name is Benjamin Shapiro, and I'm the executive producer of the Voices of Search podcast. And today we've got a special SEO education episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by our friends Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton, who are the co-founders of Previsible, which is an SEO consulting and education company that helps support enterprise businesses scale organic search traffic and educate their organizations. Jordan and Tyson are experts in all things enterprise SEO, and I'm thrilled to invite them to Take the mic and share their knowledge with your loyal listeners. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's an SEO education episode of the Voices of Search podcast, guest hosted by Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton from Previsible. Hey, what's going on? My name's Tyson. I'm joined here with Jordan Cooney. Today is Friday and we are touching on the final topic in this week of SEO education content. And today's episode is all around content optimization. So Jordan, happy Friday. What's going on? Hey, the lost art. Obviously, we're talking about it on Friday. The lost art of content optimization. I got to tell you, this is Maybe my favorite topic of the week. Obviously, one that's way down funnel because if you don't do any of the other stuff from the previous four episodes, you're going to have a real tough time selling this concept in. But content optimization is really a tricky art. And in the last couple of months, I've been learning a lot about it. We've been doing some interesting projects with blogs, product descriptions. And it's kind of funny because I'm sure you heard, Tyson, that recently Google made this announcement around crawl and their desires to limit the crawl and the crawl bandwidth that's given to certain websites, or maybe to all websites, who knows. 
But the funny thing about that is I think that a big part of that is because content management, the way we manage content today is only in one direction. And that direction is more. And so optimization becomes a really interesting topic and an important one for us in a world where scarcity might become, especially crawl scarcity, might become a real problem. Wait, so you're telling me it's not like the rotisserie chicken, like set it and forget it, like just produce it once and you're good to go? Last I heard, George Foreman is not great at SEO. <laughs> George Foreman, come on, so that's, no. a, that's a different <laughs> infomercial here. You're mixing... <laughs> You're mixing analogies. Stay with oh, that's me here. A different infomercial. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> see, see, see. I gotta get this optimized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the rotisserie chicken, not the the George Foreman hamburgers. Yeah, no. I think I think that's a great point. I mean, yeah, we could get into the kind of debate of like, yeah, that's one of the biggest kind of like cost drivers for Google of like crawl budget. But I think there is a ton of value in this revisiting of it because. One, what you produce or what you create in the past may not be time relevant, but also could be one of the easiest ways or one of like the lowest hanging fruit to drive more incremental traffic is revisiting that content that's not necessarily performing or like living up to its potential given the topic that it's addressing. So what's the process? Like, what do I need to do? What do I need to look at for identifying what topics or what content, what I should do with existing content? The first step here is content identification across performance. So analyzing your content based on what's working, what's not working, what's driving traffic, what's not driving traffic, and then really mapping that to internal value, right? Like sentimental value. Like, is there... Is there something that we need to keep because it's important to the business and we want it because it, it presents some critical need for the business, some critical component that is sentimental to the business or is just of a historical value to the business? The reality is that you can't just do one or the other. You often will get in trouble if you just delete a bunch of content based on performance. But you use these two inputs to then create the process, which is this keep, remove, or update. So essentially, you're either keeping a piece of content and keeping it the same and just letting it stay. You're removing a piece of content and you're deleting it from your site or you're redirecting it or you're updating it. You're going to invest some time and energy with these precious content resources you have to make the page better. I think that's a really, really key element is it's not just one size fits all. It's not saying, hey, you need to go in and update all of your existing content. But there really are these three key buckets of keep, remove, and update. But maybe like diving into that a little bit more, like how should we be identifying where to bucket different pieces of content? Like how do I identify if a piece of content should be updated, removed, or I should just let roll as is? Well, one of the key ingredients here is don't boil the ocean, right? And I think that when you're looking at your content and you're doing that inventory, that the content inventory that we talked about a few days ago, you're going to identify subsets, either categories or specific content types that allow you to narrow in and make improvements in specific areas of your site. 
And so that's one of the key ingredients. A lot of times as SEOs, we get very ambitious and we're going to analyze the entire blog and there's 1,700 blog posts. It takes a lot of man hours. Trust me, I know. It takes a lot of man hours to comb through 1,700 blog posts and figure out which ones you want to keep, which ones you want to remove, and which ones you want to update. And so don't do all 1,700. Do 70. (laughs) Start with 70 that are of some... There's a purpose. Maybe they're about a specific category. You're trying to improve maybe the performance of that category across the site. There are a lot of ways to fragment what you have in your inventory to become better at this process and scale it up over time. The other thing here is using data, right? Like have data do a lot of the heavy lifting for you, not just analytics data in terms of traffic, but also other data points in terms of... And this is one that's often forgotten and I love it, is who's the author? Like for a lot of blogs or a lot of... Not just blogs, a lot of, a lot of sites... There are certain authors that are associated, there are certain owners that are associated to sets of content. Who that is can sometimes matter and matter greatly in terms of like that branding decision I was talking about earlier or that that some sentimental reason that you need to keep that on the site. And so those are a couple of hopefully clues to help not only the SEOs, but in, in many cases, the content owners on how to make some of these decisions. Yeah, I think the author piece is quite interesting. I mean... Google's made some announcements around kind of like the authors. You can dive into kind of like EAT factors in that regard. But I think for me, I would separate this into like two different situations. One in the sense that you're diving into maybe like a legacy, maybe you're like new to organization or you're an agency and you're a consultant and you're just starting with a new client. So you have that like, all right, I have 17,000 pieces of content that I need to go through block it up into chunks that are manageable and then kind of start your process through that. If you are kind of like been working on it, it's really helpful too to set kind of like a calendar of like every three months, reevaluate content and then identify, is that content living up to the search demand of the keywords that are targeting and ranking on it? And is there opportunity to drive more traffic by optimizing or was the topic so granular shifted away from the brand focus that it's no longer creating value, in which case it falls into that remove bucket or that sentimental or performance is really strong. That's keep. I think one catch or one thing that I would try to avoid is throwing something into the keep bucket just because it's performing well. I think there is value in sometimes high performing content further kind of fueling it by giving some additional kind of like refresh to it. So sometimes just because it's underperforming doesn't mean that's the only group that falls into update. Sometimes you could make justifications for high-performing content that also has a value of being updated. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help, and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie-cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. 
Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So then kind of diving into this last phase, like do's and don'ts, like what things should I be considering in optimizing content? I mean, great question, Tyson. Certainly one of the components you already mentioned on, which is frequency. Like how often should we be doing this? In fact, one of the funny things about optimizing content is partly about getting ahead of it. And so taking down smaller pieces, don't do everything, and planning ahead, being a month ahead. Have a calendar of what pages you're going to address a month ahead, address them, and then have your next plan for your next month. Right. So being ahead is a huge lever in terms of frequency. And then that also gets into a place where you can become more aware and apparent about how you're going about the optimization process. And one of those we talked about it in our last episode is the content brief, like going back and revisiting the brief that was originally used for a piece of content or creating a new brief for optimization that might have a real like reduced version of data points so that you can move quickly and move more efficiently. And then the other component that I, I like to bring up is like how deep do you need to go in optimization? And that is a concept that's very rarely discussed and is partly because most of the time when we think about optimization, we think about just changing a title or a heading or adding a sentence to a piece of content. But what we fail to remember is that content doesn't live in a vacuum of just keyword density. It actually has to have a user value and user expectation. And there are a lot of tools to these days that can help you evaluate if a piece of content is hitting user experience metrics. And so you can also look at user experience and see what blog posts have less engagement, more engagement, or what product descriptions on certain product products in a category have more or less engagement. And sometimes it's very hard to like isolate those things. But the reality is that these are a few of the useful data point and processes you can use to invest in the optimization. Yeah, I think frequency is really a key element to it. I typically like to be working in kind of like quarters where every quarter I'll revisit kind of the previous quarter and then I can be queuing up those ones that are falling into the update bucket and then I can queue that up for then the following one. So then in theory, you could be hitting and really this depends on like, you know, how significant of the content is. But it's like if you wanted like a very rough rule of thumb, if you're reevaluating kind of like a quarter pass or so, you kind of start to fall into this almost like biannual refresh of that content. But again, I think that all depends too of like how fast is the company moving? How much content are you producing? Your resources to that? 
But another thing that I really like to touch on in the optimization is typically like extending the content. And that's something that even if you had a target length, then when you're going back into it, even if you're only adding maybe like 200 words, something like that, typically by extending that content, it gives it an opportunity to not just improve your existing rankings, but also extend and like increase the like the breadth of keywords that that content's ranking on. No question. I think that especially for players that are in a long form business, this becomes a very, very quick win, right? And, you know, another concept here is the update on the page, right? Like this has worked really well, I think for a lot of the kind of this quasi growing market of evergreen news content, right? We're talking about like the nerd wallets of the world where they'll publish a list or they'll publish some sort of a listicle or some sort of a resource page. And then at the bottom, they're going to be like, update, update. This product is no longer... It's not the Dyson V8 anymore. It's the Dyson V15 now, right? Like that is another critical component of the content update. And sometimes those happen just because the editorial team is so entrenched in a part of the optimization process. Absolutely. And I mean, I think really like this episode's topic revisits to a lot of the previous ones that we touched on, where it's like you shouldn't only be revisiting content from like the re-optimization process, but also like if you have that content calendar, you know when it went out, you know when to set the reminders to reevaluate it. You can also go back into like touching on like what was our strategy on this? Is this still the same strategy of the business? And so I think like those same elements, it's healthy and it's worth revisiting throughout the calendar year to make sure that it's still in line with like the business objectives you're reusing and like using those assets that we talked about earlier in the week of like, hey, we launched this in Q2 and Q3, we evaluated it, we queued it up for Q4. But then also you can tie in things like seasonal demand. If you're in a hyper seasonal industry, well, you can time those re-optimizations six weeks prior to the peak. And then that way, the search engines have fresh re-optimized content to capture that demand as it spikes. So that wraps up this week on Voices of Search, SEO education. We went through content ownership, content strategy, content planning, content creation, and content optimization Be sure to check back in the show notes of third episode content planning for the resources on content calendar roadmap and also the brief examples episode uh, yesterday on content creation. But thanks for joining us this week and we'll be back again next month for SEO Education Week as we dive into our next subject. So thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time. Okay, thanks to Jordan Cooney and Tyson Stockton, our SEO education guest hosts. If you'd like to get in touch with Jordan and Tyson, you can find a link to their LinkedIn profiles in our show notes. You can contact them on Twitter. Jordan's handle is JT Cooney, that's J-T-K-O-E-N-E, and Tyson's handle is Tyson underscore Stockton. Or if your team is interested in SEO consulting or organizational education, you can always head to their company's website, which is previsible.io, that's P-R-E, V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O.
And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember the answers are always in the data.